Yes, hello everybody. It's your boy, Eduardo Jackson, CEO, founder, creator of the Cinema Draft Game, uh, coming at you with just the shot list. This is a solo pod. This is a no notes pod. We are going off the top of the dome. I did not write an outline. This is fairly unstructured, but we're going to get to the heart of what everyone loves most about these podcasts, which is the strategy of the game, what we're looking forward to, what our picks are for the weekend. And also I'm going to do some, some live construction of a call sheet so we can try to stumble, stumble through together what might be the optimal strategy for this weekend. Also, yeah, as you can tell, even though I'm not sick anymore, the last thing to recover is my voice, so please bear with me. And also, for whatever reason, there seems to be some construction going on next door. Awesome. So please pardon any audio difficulties we may have with this podcast. Also, uh, before we really get started to the strategy portion, I just want to go over uh, some of the stuff that I've been watching, because as we know, it's one of my favorite parts of the full-length pod. I will, we, we should have some guests coming up uh, throughout this month to liven things up, so it's not just me talking your ear off. And one of the things that I'm most interested in watching recently, of course, is Billions. It is back. It is better than ever. I'm loving it. Uh, great cast, great season this year. It, it, the season seems to be focusing around a proxy war between Damian Lewis's Bobby Axelrod and Paul Giamatti's Chuck Rhodes. Bobby Axelrod is paranoid as ever and is gunning for Rhodes, but he can't take him on directly, so he's somewhat ideologically financing a war between a Goldman Sachs stand-in, uh, or head of a Goldman Sachs stand-in, uh, Eric Bogosian, as, uh, what's this dude's name? Eric Bogosian's, uh, I forget the name of the guy. Anyways, Eric Bogosian plays a guy who heads, who's supposed to be super clean, who's being targeted by Chuck Rhodes, like an impossible guy to bring down because he's so clean, but yet Rhodes is gunning for him anyways, and Damian Lewis is giving him, quote-unquote, his playbook to take him on. And also, like, you know, most great empires, he's fighting a war on two fronts. He has, oh, wow, that banging is just killing me. Okay. Hopefully you guys aren't hearing any of that. Uh, <laughs> this guy's like carpentering next door. It's really killing me. Uh, also, uh, uh, Damian Lewis's Bobby Axrod taking on a nemesis of his, uh, uh, played by Danny Strong. Oh gosh, what's his name? I, I can't remember names for life of me today. Uh, but anyway, Danny Strong, he's actually little known fact he's actually the co-creator of empire um five foot three danny strong is uh is one is one of axe's uh big nemeses this season he play he plays the head of another hedge fund that axelrod's uh confidant or former confidant wendy rhodes who of course happens to be the wife of chuck rhodes which is played by paul giamatti Maggie, the lovely and talented and intimidating Maggie Siff. She uh, is considering is considering working full time for uh, Danny Strong, the nemesis, and there and it kind of all kind of boils up ahead over a great poker game, which they film, which was the last episode, episode three in the second season. And of course, you know, I'm a, a part time poker player, what have you, a former uh, full time small stakes uh, professional poker player. So of course all this was 
you know, ridiculously intriguing to me. And, and yeah, it was, it was a good time. It was a really good showdown. Uh, and, and basically kind of came down to, uh, uh, Bobby Axe's uh, Axelrod's uh, protege in training, uh, a non-binary gendered uh, person named Taylor, played by Asia Kate Dillon. And what's great about Taylor is that Taylor comes in as a bit of a prodigy in this in this role. As you can see, uh, Asia Kate has a fairly gender neutral look. But the first time we're kind of introduced to Taylor. Uh, here's a good here's a good picture. Uh, Taylor walks in looking, you know, <clears throat> you know, very uh, very nondescript, straight laced, wearing a tie, and and Taylor says, "My you know, my name is Taylor. My preferred pronouns are they, them, and theirs." <laughs> and that really sets the tone. Taylor's very no nonsense, straightforward. You know, uh, you know, is, is kind of an outsider, and Taylor brings that type of of uh, uh, worldview to their poker game, and it's, I really think it's a breakthrough for, as far as, um, as as far as gender nonconforming roles, because not only does Taylor set you know the <clears throat> set the ground rules for how they want to be addressed, but also uh, they're pretty badass. You know, Taylor saves Axe money, instantly gains his respect, and is a pretty good you know. Uh, reader at the poker player at, at the poker table. Uh, I I actually tweeted how you know, with this poker hand that went down. Uh, I was I I wouldn't say I, I would have been I wouldn't say I would have been lost, but uh, the the play that Taylor makes is logical, but also ballsy at the same time. So great job, Asia, Asia Kate Dillon, and the people over at Billions. I mean, they're just crushing this year. Three episodes in, and I'm loving every second of it. I also caught the first episode of Feud. Which is Ryan Murphy's uh, latest, you know, events limited event series, and it's star. And it's basically about the was it the nineteen, I think it was nineteen sixties, uh, filming of Who Killed Baby Jane? I think it is uh, a horror film which starred uh, at you know uh, two aging divas of their time, Joan Crawford and. I almost called them by their by the actors' names. Joan Crawford and uh, Betty Davis, played by Jessica Lange and Susan Sarandon. And I w wasn't exactly sure what to expect, except that I figured it was going to be good. It's extremely well cast. Uh, it stars, you know, two legends of the screen in Lang and Sarandon. And it's it's really interesting, you know, period. And we know how I'm a sucker for historical fiction. It's really interesting uh period examination of ageism and sexism in Hollywood, which still, of course, would apply to today. And by the way, I'm taping this on Wednesday afternoon, March 8th, International Women's Day, and uh, the U.S. is a day without women. So, you know, uh, big ups to all my women out there. I came from a woman. <laughs> uh, you know, my my mom's a woman, you know, I support, you know, women every way I can. I will be wearing red when I do go out to the gym this evening. So, you know, it's, so our thoughts are with you guys. Uh, you know, do what you got to do to to bring more attention to to uh, to gender equality and fighting for your rights. I'm with you, I'm with you all. So, yeah, so Feud is, is an interesting series. <clears throat> uh, just, just saw the one episode, it seems to be following, it's on FX, it's following the kind of, I guess, the, the taboo format, where taboo was always like, you know, 
an hour and 20 minutes long. This isn't going to be just like an hour long. They're going to, they're going to give, you know, Ryan Murphy all the, the room to play with that he wants. So, so it's off to, to a pretty good start. And also, I think I alluded to this on the previous pod, but I saw, I finally saw Collateral Beauty and I'm a little upset. This movie's actually pretty good. It got a bad rap. I think part of the issue and challenge of it is that it's impossible to market because there's the, the essential conceit is actually quite clever and plays upon our expectations of what we've seen as far as the trailers and the marketing go. Look at that, 23 Metascore. That's that's just unfair. It's not that's 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 not that's not accurate. I, I give it three reels. That's three out of four reels. I enjoyed it. It's good. And actually, it's not even. I mean, although the central character is Will Smith, there seems to be more life going on with Edward Norton and Kate Winslet and Michael Pena's characters. They play his partners at an advertising firm, and it's just I I, I found it fairly delightful. A really clever central conceit. You know, uh, I mean, maybe the direction is, can be a little bit, you know, cheesy at, at points, but it's, I, I truly enjoyed it. I'm, uh, you know, I had a lot of my favorite actors in there, Kira Knightley, Naomi Harris, Helen Mirren, Pena, Winslet, Edward Norton, I mean, and Will Smith in a fairly understated role. So, yeah, I, I recommend it. I I, I kind of wish I'd seen it when it was out in theaters, but, you know, I saw it at home and it was and and it was a pleasant time at the movies, I must say. So, so that's kind of the thousand foot overview of what I'm watching. Oh, and of course, just to wrap it up real quick, last night we debuted with the Americans in their fifth season <laughs> for a show based about Russian spies passing themselves off as Americans in 1980s uh, Washington D.C. and carrying out all these espionage acts while fronting as you know a traditional nuclear american family i mean it's i would say i would almost say it's a little too on the nose given all of our paranoia around russia these days and in in america today but it's just it's really it's a really good show it's it's still kept all of its great elements of slow boil we've invested four previous seasons with these characters and apparently they've got this season plus one more season to go uh, before uh, before they call it quits, and so the end game might you know might, they might start wrapping up their their long and somewhat disparate storylines, uh, and it's just it's just a pleasure. The Americans just a pleasure, you know. Matthew, Reese, Carrie Russell, just really excellent. Holly Taylor coming into her own as the teenage daughter Paige. <clears throat> Paige looks like she's going to start to have to toughen up. Uh, Carrie Russell's Elizabeth is teaching Paige how to fight and defend herself. Um, so this could get very interesting. And, and of course, there's always a mission. There's always a dual mission they go on, or a mission that requires both of them, both Elizabeth and Philip. And, and I tweeted openly. I was like, well, am I the only one concerned about what happens when Philip and Elizabeth go on these, uh, on these you know, uh, on these uh, shared missions, or am I the only one that that that's concerned about you know what happens if they get caught or or die or something? What happens to what happens to Henry and 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 Paige? Henry's the the younger son. Who <laughs> I might add in one in one season hiatus has grown like a foot and looks like a man, very reminiscent of when we went away from 
from uh, uh, Bran, Brandon from Game of Thrones for a year, and then it came back. And so basically, we were like a year and some change away from Bran, and dude was like a totally different guy. Hashtag puberty. <laughs> but uh, I always, I, it's kind of open tweet. Like, what happens to to the kids if they get caught? Am I the only one who freaks out about this? I guess I am. Anyways, it's a it's a very popular, highly well-rated uh, series. I definitely recommend it. And that is what I'm watching. Yes, yes. So let's get into the game. Just the shot list. We fairly focused this week. All right. So here we are. We have a new talent pool this week. And basically, actually, let's kind of go over some of the basics. Some of the, some of the basics of this week's of this week's shot pool a shot pool of this week's uh, uh talent pool as far as who, whom i'm looking for as far as value goes and what might be some some good bets now obviously the major domo in the talent pool this week is probably going to be kong skull island there's been a lot i do mean a lot of pna it's princeton advertising aka marketing for this title it's well cast samuel jackson Tom Hiddleston, all that good stuff. Um, nope, let's not play that. Uh, and uh, oh, the the meta score so far not very positive, but it's one of those movies that's going to be you know review proof. It's the movie I'm looking forward to seeing this weekend. I, of course, I am seeing it in my beloved D box, so my seat can move and shake. I mean, look at this cast: Hiddleston. Well, you know, Hiddleston's fine. I think Hiddleston. I think. Hollywood really wants Hilson to happen. <laughs> Not sure why. That's why they gave him that ridiculous Golden Globe for uh, the Night Manager. That 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 uh, limited series was just that mini series was just okay. Um, it's got Hilston, Samuel Jackson, Brie Larson, John C. Riley, you know, in his furry bearded best as comic relief. John Goodman, Corey Hawkins, now heading up twenty four legacy. Uh, John Ortiz, very underrated. You know, I mean, let's just give a shout out to John Ortiz real quick. This dude is just a pro's pro. Always like fourth or fifth lead. He's never the lead in his own stuff, but always brings something to his roles. In American Gangster, Fast and Furious. He was in freaking, he was in freaking, this, this is where I first heard about uh, 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 John Ortiz. He was in... Uh, he was in Miami Vice, the 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 movie, the remake, the one with the Jamie Fer J Jamie Farrell, Jamie Fox, and Colin Farrell. Wildly underrated, wildly underrated. But his character, I mean, and and his character had was you know I think was he Cuban or something, South American, something like that. Uh, you know, a drug dealer, some you know, someone's uh, stereotypical empty role, or could have been empty role. But he was so compelling in it. I mean, you can take your eyes. Look at. The, I mean, you can take your eyes off him. First time I'd really been exposed to him, and I was like, "Who is that cat?" His accent was so thick, and and and, and what, I, what I felt a little stay typical. You know, it was all filled with menace, and 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 say what he says. Uh, the, the line that stands up in my head was um, uh, was he he's threatening somebody, but he's talking really casual about it, like, "Yes, you know, let's go out to a movie and." Have a bite. And I just never forget it, how menacing he was and scary. And pitch, pitch perfect he was. He's great in that. He's in Silver Linings Playbook. He's just a really, he's just a pro's pro. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing. I mean, once again, he's like eighth build in this film. But I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to do for us 
in this movie. Uh, oh yeah, there yeah, there's more more Jose Yero in in Miami Vice. It's awesome. That's just yeah, he's just he's just a pro's pro. I really appreciate uh <clears throat> I really I really appreciate uh John Ortiz in can I get out of this loop? There we go. <laughs> in Miami Vice. All right, so John Ortiz so it's really well cast. It's got a lot of good stuff going for it. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and I think, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess that'll be our over-under for this week. I guess we'll figure out if it's going to do 60 million or more. I, I think it's going to do probably around 60, which most likely would put it, you know, going heads up against Logan. Uh, it's also going to be on 3,800 plus screens. By the time the tally's done Thursday afternoon, it's probably be close to 4,000 screens and 3,800. So it's going to have every opportunity to succeed. Um, and you know, we shall see, I guess we shall see. So the major domo this weekend in the town pool is Kong skull Island. Uh, I think also Logan will have a pretty strong hold this weekend, 88.5 million. I think it can do as much as maybe 50 million this weekend. And the, and in looking at the talent pool, they are identically priced almost, uh, maybe you get a little more bang for your buck in your headliner, with Tom Hiddleston at 19,000 versus Hugh Jackman at 195, uh, but both Patrick Stewart and Brie Larson are 18,800 respectively in their respective movies. So, so I don't know. We, we may have to figure out something on the fly when we're constructing this call sheet. Uh, let's see what else. <clears throat> um, before I fall, took a big hit, so we're not looking for that. Uh, Log- so yeah, so those those are, are, are at the top of the A-list part of what you'd want for this weekend because they're going to be far and away the leaders. Uh, if you're looking for a little bit of value, let's go down to Get Out. If you're looking for some value, Daniel Kulaya, Kaluya, maybe, and Allison Williams at 12,700 and 13,000 respectively as your headliners for Get Out could still probably bring you some value. Get Out had, oh man, this hold was pretty impressive. Get Out had only dropped 15%, which might be a second week record for for a, a horror flick in a, in its second weekend. And as I mentioned in the previous podcast, it was like the Get Out Challenge. I mean, people are ready for this movie, man. People are definitely ready for this movie. Made 84 million already this weekend, or or, or, 80, or through last weekend, and it only cost 4.5 million to make. I mean, even if you throw a good 20 million on on PA on that sucker. I mean, the, and you account for the 55% split of the box office between box office, between the studio and distributors. I mean, God, you're, I mean, these guys are still cleaning up. I mean, these guys are still, you know, laughing all the way to the bank. So, so congratulations to get out. People seem to really be feeling this movie. It was a good time for movies. I gave it four reels. Scary with really sharp, incisive social commentary. <laughs> Prepare yourself for a bunch of, you know, knockoffs trying to come in uh, in the next two or three years trying to duplicate that success. Good luck with that. So get out might be a source of value for you uh, this weekend if you're trying to to figure out how to do more uh, outside of the two heavyweights. Uh, another th- as far as platform release goes. Uh, it might be time to finally, for me to finally embrace a United Kingdom. Uh, it, I, I'm not, I can't say for certain it's going to expand to 400 screens. It's been steadily, slowly, you know, rolling out 
in platform release uh, category. And it's I would figure, you know, it, if, it, if it didn't make the big jump last week, I think it actually stayed static at 271 screens last week, then this might be the weekend that it's going to add, you know, 100 or, or so more screens. I might actually double check movie phone to see, to get an idea to see if there's more locations they're offering in the United Kingdom. In the platform lease category, that seems to be at the top end. Uh, also, also, but, but let's us forget, let's us not forget the, the, the focused foreign film, the three Fs, the, the focused foreign film. And by that, I mean Badranath Ki Duhanye. It's a newcomer this week. It is, it's pretty cheap. It's only on 150 screens, but we know from our experience in this game that, that when a focused foreign film or when a foreign film comes focused on on a community or segment of uh, of of ethnic America, like in this instance, you know, uh, Indian Americans, it tends to do pretty damn well. And so, and and actually, and, and actually, will brings me to something I want to discuss, which is some basic uh, strategy of some of these call sheets. And actually, and these, and that, those are pretty much like the highlights for, for what I'm looking for this weekend, uh, as far as the talent pool goes. I mean, you have a lot of holdovers that really will only figure, which will only figure in around the margins. If you're looking for a, you know, for something to, to invest in in limited release, you might go Moonlight only because it'll probably be on about 1,200, 1,500 screens. La La Land, La La Land might slow some juice, and same as Hidden Figures. But for the most part, you know, you're uh, in limited release. You're probably gonna you know, go with Moonlight because it still might have that Oscar sheen or buzz in limited release. So let's go to some call sheet dynamics. Some call sheet, I would say fundamentals, basically. And I'm going to take one of my call sheets. I do placeholder call sheets uh, when I, you know, when I uh, create these contests. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to delete one. We're just going to start one from scratch and go over just some, some basic strategy uh, that I like to employ when I'm you know, trying to figure out when I'm, when I'm constructing my call sheet to give it, you know, a chance at call sheet of the week. All right, so we delete the one for the background talents. So we're going to do a new one. I'm going to draft a call sheet. So you only have 100,000 to spread amongst 10 actors. You have to have 10 actors, no more, no less. You have to have one actor from each of the three release types, platform, limited and wide release. And generally on weekends like this, where there is gonna be you know, a big opener and a strong holdover, you, want, you probably want some exposure to both. You probably want a little bit more of the new opener because we're probably gonna have 10 to $15 million more than the holdover, but you still may wanna have some exposure to the holdover if you can't afford too much of the new opener. So, what I'm so what I'm thinking is it, it's what we call stars and scrub strategy, and, this, and stars being you know the really expensive, you know uh, high performing movies and, and actors actors from those movies, and then the scrubs quote unquote the scrubs being the cheaper but more value laden actors from movies. And so in this example for our stars, we're gonna go we're gonna start with, with Kong. Oh, Island, all right. And we are going to get our headliners. Now, headline, now for those new to the game, headliners are very important. Why are headliners important? Because you get a 40% bonus for headliner points. So, 
to review real quick, this, as this as the scoring system goes, and actually we'll go to the rules real quick. Here we go, how to play. As the scoring system goes, you get one point per one million in wide release. So, so if so if a movie makes a hundred million at the box office, you get a hundred points. Now, headliners they get a forty percent bonus. So, if Kong Skull Island makes a hundred, it grosses a hundred hundred million at the box office this weekend, then your then your Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson would get one hundred forty points versus a John Goodman would just get a hundred points. Who, as John Goodman is not a headliner, and Brie Larson and Tom Hiddleston are. So. Just to recap the scoring, it's one point per one million in box office for wide release, and then one point per five hundred thousand in limited release, and in platform release, it's one point per hundred thousand. And of course, you know, the minimum score for anything is at least one point here. Uh, so there's no way you can have a, a film that gives you zero points. So don't have to worry about that. All right. And also, if you need a refresher on the rules, just go to the left-hand side. If, if you're playing the desktop game, click the rules. And we have the how to draft a call sheet graphic for you. As And then scroll down, you can see the game rules right there. All right? So we're going back to our call sheet. And Kong Skull Island, which we think will be... heavyweight at the box office this weekend. And so we're going to get our two headliners to get that 40% bonus. All right, so we're going to lock those two in. We got Hilson and Brie Larson, kind of expensive, almost 40 grand between the two of them. And then we're going to scroll down. We're going to get the cheapest of the available actors here. All right. So that's Jason Mitchell, 18,000. Okay. And so now we're going to, now we want to take a look at our, call sheet in progress. So now we're at 55,800, but yet we still have seven slots to go. So that's 44,200 with seven slots to go, which averages out to about 6,300 per slot. It's not looking too great for us. But here's where I think we're going to uh, diverge just a little bit. Because Logan did such a good job at the box office last, uh, last weekend, and I think it still have a hold in the $50 million range, just based off word of mouth. I'm going to swap out Jason Mitchell for headliner in Logan, Patrick Stewart, the cheaper of the two headliners in Logan, 18800 So that way, if... So let's say Kong does $60 million at the box office, right? $60 million so 60 times times 1.4 for the 40% bonus would be 84, right? Okay, so that's that's awesome. So that'd be 84 points times two for Brie Larson and and Hillson. But what if Logan does? Let's say Logan does 50 million at the box office. Now, if I get Patrick Stewart as a headliner at 18,800, but 800 more than getting a third actor, a non-headline actor from from uh, Kong, Skull Island, then actually 40, the 40% bonus on 50 million uh, for Patrick Stewart would give us 70 points. So we pick up six points, although it costs about 800 more in, in grabbing Patrick Stewart from Logan versus a third actor from Kong. So that's what I'm kind of banking on. I'm thinking this might be the most, the, the most value is getting another headliner from 
what's most likely going to be second this weekend, but still high performing in Logan. All right, so now, so now we're down to 56,600, which we divide by seven gives us, I'm sorry, 43,400, which we divide by seven gives us about 6,200 per film for seven slots. So now we got to be real, we, we got to be real uh, careful with this stuff. So I was hoping that during the taping of this broadcast, we might get the predictions from Box Office Pro, but they're not out yet. So we're still kind of going in the dark a little bit. So we'll just kind of go on feel for this. So now, now salary is going to be paramount for us. Salary is paramount. So let's arrange the talent pool by salary, lowest to highest. There we go. So it looks like the cheapest options available these days. Uh, starting so five thousand is the minimum salary for any actor in this game, and it looks like oh there we go. A United Kingdom. It's still in the five thousand range. It's a platform release, so they'll satisfy that requirement. Um. Okay, you know what? Let's just do that. Let's just load up on a United Kingdom. Get all the 5,000s we can handle. All right, now we need one limited release. And we have 13,400 left with one slot left. We need one limited release. <clears throat> and if we go back to... If we go back to my spreadsheet... And that's the advantage of, I mean, I made this game. I understand. I've got the advantage of the spreadsheet. Um, you all do not. But while we're all here together just for time, I think, I don't know, y'all. I think it might be Moonlight. And actually, you know what? And actually, let me, let's do this. A United Kingdom, I do believe in, in, in a United Kingdom. Make no mistake about it. But I also want exposure to the Indian flick. I'm not exactly sure which will do better because a United Kingdom is on, you know, double the amount of screens, but I want some exposure to the Indian flicks. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a headliner stack from the Indian flick and sorry, the Indian flick is, is known as Badranath Ki Duhanya. I'm sure I'm butchering the pronunciation. So get some exposure to the Indian flick. I'm going to get a headliner stack from that. There are 5,800 each. So still pretty affordable. And so there we go. We still have eighty, and so we still have about eleven thousand left over. Okay, cool. So let's get. Oh man, I guess we'll do Moonlight. It's on. It's on more screens. Nothing in the limited release category this week is screaming. Is screaming for my attention. Where is Moonlight? Come on. Uh, let's just refresh this. If you ever have any issue when you're in the middle of of constructing your call sheet or or something doesn't appear, something just seems a little bit off, just give a good, you know, refresh the browser. There we go. And all your problems will be solved. All right, so we'll take Naomi Harris, the cheaper of the two Moonlight uh, headliners. And now we have 5,400 left over. So with this extra money, I wonder if we can squeeze in, let's say, I wonder if we can squeeze in another... No, ten thousand four. No, we really can't. I was I was trying to see if we could squeeze in one more. One one more. Logan or, oh 
Kong Skull Island. What is going to be? What is? Oh, the Shack. Almost forgot about our our guys at the Shack. And here's Octavia Spencer, ten thousand. Uh, yeah, straight up on the Shack. The Shack had a pretty good uh, opening weekend last weekend, sixteen million. Uh, it's probably going to see. A, a, a drop of about forty percent, so maybe it gets you another ten points. So let's 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 shoehorn the shack in in here. And that is a pretty good looking call sheet. We only have four hundred left over. Uh, just to recap, we've got headliner stack from Kong Skull Island. We've got Patrick Stewart from Logan as a headliner. We've got a four pack from from a United Kingdom and actually you know what? I think we can do even better than that. Can we get you know we can let's get let's swap out Nicholas Lindhurst at five grand bought bargain basement of a United Kingdom and let's get Rosamund Pike the bargain uh, the the cheaper of the two Headliners in a United Kingdom, and boom, hundred thousand straight up. We get a little headliner exposure to a United Kingdom. We and we've got uh, so we got one, two, three. We have one, two, three. We have a three pack from the United Kingdom. We've got a headliner stack from from uh, Bad Renaf Key Duhania. So we've got exposure to that. And both both of them as headliner status, and then we've got our obligatory limited release uh, headliner Naomi Harris from Moonlight, and we got Octavia Spencer from The Shack. I love this call sheet. I think this call sheet stands a really good chance. I think this this is a blueprint for success. You can fade it at your own peril, but I like it. And there we go. So we just click submit, and there we go. We are in the game. So. So there you have it, everybody. Appreciate your support as always. We uh, we are looking to let's let's fill the sucker up this week. I want I, I really do want to expand the payouts, expand the the player pool some. So tell a friend to tell a friend. It's free to play. Send them to cinemadraft.co. That is cinemadraft.co, uh, and and sign up. Just to remind you, we have theater lock at Thursday, 6 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. That's when we lock in the theater counts and the release types for these films as they, as the screen counts do fluctuate during the week. And the game runs four hours thereafter at 10 p.m. Pacific time on Thursday evening. Just a reminder that, that this is Daylight Savings Time this weekend on Sunday. Uh, unfortunately, we I lot I created these tournaments, these contests before recognizing that it's Daylight Savings Time. So uh, once again, uh, I will most likely be hand scoring <laughs> the results on Monday afternoon. So so uh, it might take some time. Might might not be until till uh, 5 or 6 p.m. to get uh, Pacific time to get the results to you. So just bear with me as I'm going through each one of your call sheets individually to make sure we have the most accurate points and and counts for and points and scores for the Cinema Draft games. I really do appreciate you guys listening. I very much appreciate all of you who watched. And once again, this week, this weekend, good luck on your call sheets and go see a movie or something.